From the over-the-top studios at Scratch Labs in Boulder, Colorado, we're talking race across America with race director Rick Bothling. I'm sorry, executive race director Rick Bothling. That, that's okay. Apology accepted. Okay. Or is it executive director? Whatever you want to call it. Janitor as well. That's, you do it all. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> and doing it all is kind of what we're going to talk about today because... I mean, people think about getting involved with a race as a racer or a crew, but there are lots of ways that people can get involved with a race across America, race across the West. There are, and what people don't realize all the time is with events is you, it requires a lot of people around you to actually put on an event. Uh, we work on it year-round, but of course, when the races come up and the event's going on, we need a lot of bodies. Um we're generally a family-run business, so, you know, I bring my mom in and family friends and, you know, we package stuff and get ready to go for the race. But during the race, we need people as well. And I love that it's a family business because it's really kind of a family feel to the entire race, even though it's very professional. I mean, that's kind of the one time of year we all get together again. It is, and it's one of the things we really love about ram and generally the ultra cycling community and it's not a lot different in you know climbing and running as well but it it is a small group of people relatively and they all kind of know each other and it is kind of a giant gathering every year and a lot of times it's the only time during the year we get to see those people which makes it really fun and let's talk about some of the ways people can get involved with the race i mean one that comes to mind immediately is officiating yeah, I mean, officials are always always a critical, critical part of the race. And so what we've done is we've changed our officiating system a bit. Um, we've brought Jim Harms on a couple years ago to help develop a field of officials and pool that we can pull from. So not only if we need them, but any race out there needs officials. Jim and us, we can kind of help facilitate some of that. Um, but we have what we did is it used to be only officials would go from California to the East Coast. Now we still do that and we require it for a certain number. But then what we've also done because of time constraints and cost, et cetera, is we've broken up the country into regions. And so we have some regional officials that are also out there that only work maybe a state, maybe two or three time station areas. Um, so that allows us to, instead of having about 15 cars of officials on the road, to have like about 30 cars of officials on the road. Which is fantastic. Uh, it also, I think, is a great way for someone who's interested in racing or crewing to actually see the race because you're not just totally focused in on one rider or one crew. You're actually seeing what's going on with a number of different people. Yeah, and, and it you know, one of the things, again, about RAM and, and even ultra cycling in general is it's a complex sport, but people make it more complex than it has to be. And so if you have an opportunity to go out and observe it in any shape, uh, officiating at a time station on a crew, if you want to race in the future, it helps you educate yourself a little bit. So when my dad raced, his objective was to race solo all along. But his method of getting there was to officiate in 2004. He raced on a two-man team in 2005 and then solo in 2006. And I think he would be the first person to tell you that had he not gone through that progression, that solo race would have been really, really difficult for him to finish. Not that it wasn't anyway, but it gave him a, a different perspective on what he was getting into. 
so I want to get involved with the race, but I don't have time to get out. I maybe I don't have the vehicle. What are some ways that I can get involved in other ways? So we are always looking for volunteers. We need them at the start. We need them at our headquarters in Boulder, Colorado, which is where all the racers call into. It's where everything is kind of monitored. We also need help in Durango in particular and in Annapolis. And the best way to do that is to email us at info at raceacrossamerica.org. And likely Amanda or I will get back to you and see if we can't figure out how to slot you in there. Um, Official is always an option. And there are also about 15 to 18 staffed time stations. And if you happen to be near one of those, they're always looking for a hand as well. Can people uh, volunteer to start a time station at one of the time stations along the way that maybe isn't staffed? Yeah, we would love to do that. Um, We'd like to get it up to about 20 to 25 staff time stations. The racers, the crew love seeing anybody but their own team at times. Um, We all love our crew and racers, but, you know, you know, five, 10 days in a car with the same people can get pretty old. And so they like to see some happy faces. And again, we... We actually have kind of um, some guidelines on how to start a time station. Like now for this race, it would be pretty tough. But looking forward, we were always open to that opportunity. And thanks to uh, Colleen and PJ Lingley, they actually kind of put a how-to guide together. And so we've kind of taken that and, and edited it a little bit. And we have that available for anyone who's interested. But great for somebody to go out and volunteer at a time station. And then if they wanted to, they could staff another one the following year absolutely and and what's what's amazing is we really went from you know a handful of staff time stations that were just a bunch of hardcore kind of fans and it might be a couple people out there cheering you on to this thing where it was kind of became cool to develop it into something more than just hey how you doing and so the bull shifters out of phoenix arizona are kind of the people who started that to the best of my knowledge my knowledge doesn't go back before 2005 as far as time stations go but these guys 10 years ago started um the congress time station they added internet and pools and showers and food and t-shirts i mean these guys are amazing and from there these other time stations along the way oxford and blanchester ohio um joe Joe ferguson yep i mean these guys have done an amazing job larry black out in mount airy and i will apologize to all the people i forget to name but we do appreciate it you know all these people have stepped up and really become gracious and welcoming the racers in many many ways what are some ways that you need volunteers at the start and the finish so the start primarily what we need are you know, Jim kind of rounds up our vehicles in a parking lot with his officials and gets them queued up and ready to go. Um, we just kind of need people to help make sure racers are where they need to be to get them out onto the start line in time, you know, making sure that people kind of stay out of the way of the start line um, and just kind of ushering people around at the start. Uh, the finish line generally bringing people into the finish. So we have people flagging racers in, coming into the finish. Um, we give them stuff at the end, like directions to banquets and things like that. So we need to make sure those items get to the appropriate person, generally the crew chief. Um, and just even having bodies around to welcome people, to help us run some errands, 
it doesn't seem important, but when we're sitting at the finish line and we run out of water, George, you and I get pretty bummed out. (laughs) (laughs) How about Durango? Caroline Eastburn, got to give her a big shout out. Caroline has been fantastic. You know, that Durango is a fan is that is an amazing town. And we were just down there talking to them. We have Ska Brewing supporting us out there. They're actually providing beer for all our events and the Durango finish line. And their brewery is about three minutes from our finish line. (laughs) So that's really nice. Um, But Caroline has helped round people up there. And again, Durango is one of our dreaded penalty boxes. We hope you're not stopping there for that reason. Um, if there's a ska brewery right there, it doesn't you, sound like a terrible penalty. You're not allowed to drink yeah, if you're in the penalty true. box. You're finishing, George. You can drink. <laughs> um, so, you know, we, again, we just need people to monitor and check racers in and out. Again, it's even helpful, especially if you're local, to have a little bit of local knowledge because you have to remember almost every one of these racers is not from wherever they're going through. And 50% of this race field is from outside this country. And so when you pull into a town, you know, Durango's kind of the first big town 500 miles after Flagstaff. And so when they get in, you know, people really might need grocery stores, uh, pharmacies, you know, whatever. Having a little bit of local knowledge, you know, just being there for the racers, like I said, a smiling face other than their own crew is quite often a blessing on the road and i the volunteers that i've met i mean you really are a part of the race you're not just out there as a spectator you get to see the race really well but you are a part of the race it it gives you a really different perspective of what the race is like there is no question and again like you said earlier ram really is a big giant family i run into it i I drive all over this country everywhere i go in our truck or van that has ram on it we get people, hey, my buddy raced back in 1993. Do you know him? And quite often I actually do at least know who they are. <laughs> but So it, it really is a family thing. And, the, and the, what makes it really interesting is you get to see these racers in the middle of the race. You're never going to get that at the Tour de France or something like that. They're going to just ride by you, and you're going to go, wow, that person's really sweaty. These people are actually going to stop, and you'll get to interact with them a little bit and kind of see what they're like on the road, which is not always what you think. So again, info at Race Across America, you or Amanda will get back to them. Absolutely. You know, and we're we're pretty quick on email Um, this time of year. Of course, uh, we would say call us, but we are in and out and running around so frequently that email is always the best way to track us down. All right. Well, from the over the top studios at Scratch Labs in Boulder, Colorado, Race Across America time. Rick Bothling, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you, George. ACAST powers some of the world's best podcasts. Here's a show we recommend. I'm Ned Fulmer. I'm Ariel. We're from the Try Guys, and we have a new podcast called Baby Steps. It's an irreverent parenting podcast because parenting is not perfect. We just had a newborn, baby Finn. I got pooped on. Ariel has pink eye. <laughs> 
I don't. <laughs> a big guy. <laughs> we talk to some experts. We even bring you 4 a.m. thoughts from our garden. Oh my gosh, it's literally 4 a.m. Just to <laughs> go back here, I thought I got poop in my eye. Yeah. And that causes pink eye. Parenting is a mess. We're a mess. You're a mess. Join us every Sunday. Listen to Baby Steps on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Acast, 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 Acast recommends. recommends.